Hi. <laughs> How How's that? it going? As far as that, oh, I've been looking forward to this. Me Thank too. you so much that we met each other on Twitter. Yeah. We made this happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to have you have you on as well. Uh, for those who may not know who Joe is, so Joe is the founder of uh, Wikispeed. Uh, he has also uh, published a book called Scrum Master. He is a um, uh, holder of multiple world records. He is also a TEDx uh, former speaker, which is, I saw you, I saw that video. I'm, I really have a lot of questions about that too, because I'm really curious to see how that experience was. Um, and obviously a former Tesla uh, employee as well. Uh, and, and I'm just so excited to, to talk to you about really a, a lot of different topics, not just, you know, not Tesla specifically, but like, you know, all the different things and how you think about them and so on and so forth. But yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, to have you on. It's be a blast. I've got some topics I'm really excited to ask you about too. Sure. That. So I hope this conversation does a lot of going both ways. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, first of all, so I, I noticed you're in Hawaii time. How's, how's the weather down there? Because over here got a little cold in Austin. We got a cold front coming through. How's it going over there? Oh man, it got all the way down to 72. Oh jeez. Um, it was just it was just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could still swim. The ocean's the same temperature, so surfing's right. fine. But when you get out, I mean, you had to use a towel. Sure, sure. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's just terrible. It sounds awful. <laughs> is that so is that something you like to do? Is that surfing? Is that part of like your uh sort of your your part of the hobbies? Is that something you picked up recently or uh, I'm curious to hear? I really like to try to stay fit. Okay. It's a it's a passion and surfing is one of the things I rotate in and mm -hmm. I currently have zero skill, but that mm -hmm. makes it super fun because then you have the brain tired too afterwards. Sure. Like a lot of people might not know to catch a wave. There's actually things you have to do. You don't, you don't just like sit there and then the wave carries you, Okay. Uh, you know, not for any distance. You actually have to catch it. And that can be aided by having a beginner board like like i use okay but uh it, it's actually a real body and mind technique so okay. so yeah i rotate that in with, with other stuff i do for fitness like kung fu and weightlifting and running and and then i, I really like ocean swimming um it, is a lot more of it that's great do you find that that sort of that fitness because so one of the things that's really impressive about you is that your long your long list of accomplishments right so i was looking at your linkedin and the different things you've accomplished you know authoring a book you know um really uh being a ceo of a company uh wikispeed and other things too do you do you feel like fitness is almost a requirement for you to be able to achieve all those things i'm curious to, to, to hear how you think about that wow so even more so i was really lucky to get into consulting which is kind of a racket mm -hmm. uh, but the i mean there there's some good uses for it but a lot of the time it's kind of a racket mm -hmm. but the the awesome part about consulting is you see a lot really fast mm -hmm. and you get to talk with sometimes three different fortune 50 CEOs in their companies and their staff mm -hmm. in a week mm -hmm. um definitely in a month and then also startups that are nowhere near the fortune 50, but have a really interesting idea. Mm -hmm. And I do think fitness is incredibly important to keep your energy up, but there's other ways to do that too. So to perform at a high level, not just me, but looking at other people too. Like I, I worked for Bill Gates and then I consulted to the leadership team at Amazon. And so I got to see these people mm -hmm. and they were either fit or really high energy and cheerful. 
And they could do that and be actually obese um, if they just crammed themselves with candy all the time. Now that burns out and your career crumbles at some point when your health gives way. But in any case, what actually seems to work for business is, yeah, if you're grumpy and low energy, it's very difficult to have charisma that makes people really want to work with you and learn from you and understand what you think is the most important and the risk um, is, is how I believe that works. Right, that yeah, said, yeah. I think fitness solves for that and in, in a healthier way. So, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like that was one thing that really became obvious to me because my fitness journey has been sort of a little bit newer for me. You know, it's, I was always the, the kind of person that was caffeine, you know, caffeine is the thing that's going to get me to where I need to be, you know? And then once I really started focusing on, and, I, and by no means am I fit, like if I were to stand up, you're going to see me be like, oh my God, this guy, this guy like walks like four minutes a day, you know, that's the kind of thing you might see. But it is, there is a noticeable change to energy levels. And then I, I found that um, I didn't even need those stimulants like caffeine anymore. Like if, if it was just something that I committed to and even if it's like walking half an hour a day at just a regular walking speed, I think it makes a material difference to that. And, and like, if I think about my time at Tesla, for example, right? Like at the beginning of my time there, I didn't, I didn't work out. And then while I was in there, uh, say after the first year or so, I, I'm like, okay, so the caffeine thing's unsustainable, you know, because I'm already feeling like the, the anxiety is starting to, to go up a notch because the, the job is so demanding already. And then I'm like, okay, so if I, if I want to be able to be here for more than, than nine months, okay, I need to figure out how, how to change my lifestyle. And so that I started working out. I'm like, you know what? People are telling me to work out. People are telling me that, you know, get, take care of your body. The body is the thing that's really going to allow you to, to make accomplishments, right? And then once I really started investing my time in, in actually taking care of myself from a body perspective, it made such a difference. And I, I can't even explain it, you know? And I think it's, it's dramatically underrated. And a lot of people... I think there's a lot to it, you know, and of, of course, folks are, are able, you know, folks are free to sort of approach their life however they want. But for me, I remember that fitness was such a life changing thing for me because it really did make a difference. It made a huge, huge difference. Um, and I, I don't want to sit here and tell everybody should work out like everybody can live their life however they want. But for me, it made it made a big difference. Just just kind of riff off of what you were saying, because personally, I could really connect with that and just really like, man, it made it, it made a tremendous difference, um, especially especially at my time at Tesla which I'm curious to hear from your side as well, uh, your time at Tesla. Um, what was, you know, th- there, there's a couple of interviews you did already, both of which were super fascinating, by the way. You know, thank you for, for really giving the time for those. And obviously sitting here with me as well, I'm super appreciative of the time and, 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 and uh, being able to sit down and talk to you. What was the thing that really surprised you the most? Like the thing that just, it just blew your mind, you know, reflecting back. There's a bunch of us now who've started talking about what we experienced. And man, I'm sorry to say it's the same thing as what everyone else has said. Yeah. The speed. Yeah. I have been in the majority of Fortune 50 companies uh, because of the consulting career. So I I have a basis for comparison. Mm -hmm. And I've I've been in Toyota. I've been in Nissan. Um, I've been in Ford Europe and Ford US. I've uh, consulted with Volkswagen and Daimler and BMW too. Every other company I've ever been in, ever, of every type, feels like it's moving in slow motion compared to Tesla. And finally, I felt like it was normal. 
I, I finally felt like someone turned the slow-mo button off and it was natural. And it that felt so comfortable. It it wasn't frustrating. And that will forever reset my expectation of what a company can be or should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I, I would agree there. It's almost like I always wonder like how how hard is it going to be for the other manufacturers so like Ford, Volkswagen, GM. Like like how because when I think about it is okay, so if if you want to compete with Tesla and I've heard you say this before and really the entire Tesla community talks about this all the time but like you have to be able to keep up with what they do, right? And that that agile methodology which by the way, here's an interesting point. I didn't hear of agile until I started watching your videos. And one of the fascinating things that you said, I think you were talking with uh, Bestin Tesla, the, the really awesome host there. I think you mentioned you mentioned my, which by the way, you pronounced my name better than I pronounced my own name, FYI. So good job there. <laughs> well done. The, the thing that really surprised me is when you said, so I, I basically uh, described, you know, you referenced my, one of my original videos and you, you, know, you referenced and said, you know, Farza, even if he doesn't know it, he is operating in Agile. Right. There's he's operating in this environment where uh, you're really trying to do you're spending the the way I understand agile because I'm not an agile expert. But the way I understand it is like you're spending the, the minimum amount of time uh, in the most efficient way to get to your end result by by trying to really um, create a cycle of constant uh, review. Like you're constantly reviewing your steps. And that's sort of how I interpret it. Right. Um, and I think where, what Tesla does incredibly well is that everyone's taught that without having to like, like do agile, for example, like everybody's just, it's almost like the, that first principles approach that was really shocking to me afterwards. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, there's an entire industry that is created around this concept. Uh, and I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. Like how, how would a current company, you know, like a GM or a Ford that has layers and layers and layers and layers of, of things built into that company, is that even possible? Like, how, how do you perceive that? I'm really curious to hear your, 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 your uh, perspective. It's totally possible. And I think there's about a 1% chance that any of those players are actually going to do it um, because it threatens all their sunk costs. I, I mean, if, if you bought the new me plant, a former GM plant, and after that Toyota plant and made it a Tesla plant, which Elon did, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the mothership, that's Fremont, California. Mm-hmm. You have to gut the plant and completely reset up the fixtures, the electricity, the plumbing to be this different flow because it's not a single linear line. They're not trying to do single one piece continuous flow. That'd be way too slow for the pace of innovation. So you have to gut the factory. Well, imagine Ford saying, let's gut our transmission plant, like just one of the transmission plants, much less let's gut all the plants. Right. The sunk costs are too great. So instead, most of these companies will continue to do sub-optimization, to do lean Kaizen, to optimize the single one-piece continuous flow, which is not compatible with the pace of innovation Tesla is doing. And you see it still happening. Toyota just recently announced, what was it, 30 electric car models by 2030, and they're all rendered with black windshields and mm-hmm. no interiors because they're, they want to make them, right? Mm-hmm. They're viewing it as a production problem. Meanwhile, they still can't get battery packs over 40 kilowatt hours that don't have thermal runaway after long-term use. And that's an innovation problem 
that's not a single one piece continuous flow problem. And how do you solve that and introduce it quickly and make upgrades to that in the line? They're not willing to, but the good news is they could, because as Elon says, the goal is to advance the advent of sustainable transportation. And no matter who makes excellent electric cars, that's winning. The goal is excellent electric cars. So the good news is anyone could make excellent electric cars innovating as fast as Tesla, but it would be very different company policies than they have now. I mean, try to get the not a handbook handbook approved in Toyota. Yeah, for real. Not a chance. Not a chance. The command control hierarchy is too strong. So you have rules in the not a handbook handbook saying you can talk to anyone. You can talk to Elon. And in fact, it's your responsibility to do it if you see a sub-optimization. That's not allowed in Toyota. Mm -hmm. That's super not allowed. You can't talk to your boss's boss. You'd become a window person. They don't fire you. It's a socially, politically protected organization. But they right. give you a job with no responsibilities for the rest of your life staring out a window. So it's super shameful, but you still get a salary. In that way, Toyota is really good. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's basically a pension plan funded by the government that happens to make cars. And that is beautiful and elegant for what it is. But what it can't do in that model is have a rapid pace of innovation. So you have this set of policy changes and structural layout changes that leadership doesn't want in most of these companies because they don't want someone from the floor talking directly to them. They think they're too important. There's a caste system. Those leaders use a different bathroom than everyone else. They have a different elevator, so they don't even have to talk to any of these other people. They have lunch totally separately. They live in a different world and they want that. Well, unless you wanna work on the factory floor and sleep on the factory floor, like Elon does, the not a handbook handbook will not be approved. The company policies required to actually do I'll say agile, but whatever you want to call it, won't be approved. Then the factory flow, the design flow, the processing flow, the materials handling flow, which I actually have some questions sure. for you about, thanks, Yeah, would never be approved because of the sunk costs. There are separate departments in these organizations, and this is normal, which shocks me, but it's normal. There's separate departments in these other organizations to minimize cost. So they sweep in and say, but our Excel spreadsheet says you're not minimizing the cost of this bolt. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, that's not the point. Yeah. The point is that was the bolt available on Amazon that could be delivered today. So we could ship this car today. Right. That's the point because you're factoring cost of delay in whether you even take the time to calculate it. Cost of delay almost always wins. Right. So erring on the side of speed is smart anyway. So the good news is every company could. They would replace their current policies with not the not an employee handbook handbook. They would gut their factories and set them up as basically cells. It would look like a risk board, right? Which is closer to the movable layout in most of the Tesla plants. Yep. And maybe 1% of companies will do that. Maybe. That would be my dream because please let me set out my, my dream, my yeah. wish for the world is that there's a million companies innovating as fast as the Musk companies. Right. And I would love to jump out of bed and live in that world. Yeah. So that is why I do continue, continue to consult and write books and teach classes because that's what I want. Yeah. I don't know how many established companies are going to do it. Maybe I'm going to have to work with self-funded startups mostly, mm -hmm. 
but maybe some of these monoliths will do it. They could. Yeah, that's that's sort of my my concern. Like what you described is that there's a one percent chance that the established folks will actually take the effort to rework their entire model to be become what agile or what Tesla is able to execute. The other ninety nine percent that don't. What is that going to cost to the economy? What is going to that cost to the rest of the industry? Because obviously, eventually, eventually, if you want to keep up, you're going to have to do it, right? So it's either either an existing company or a new entrant. They're going to have to work in that sort of same level of of um, how they execute, right? But that that um, that sort of transitional period scares the hell out of me. It really does, because it's going to cause so much upheaval. And I'm curious to hear, have you thought about that? Like, I'm curious to see how, how you think about that. What I don't want, and I think most people in Tesla and Neuralink and SpaceX and Boring Company, and I think Elon doesn't want, is mass unemployment. Right. So I don't think any of us want Daimler to go out of business. Absolutely. And have to lay all those people off. Yeah. I don't think any of us want... Toyota or Ford or GM or Stellantis to go out of business and lay all those people off or even shut down one plant right. and lay off everyone on even one shift. I don't think that's what any of us want. Well, then what do you do if the products, I mean, basically if people are still making flip phones, what do you do for a factory full of people who are still making flip phones and all the designers who are still designing flip phones? or they're trying to design smartphone version one now. You're so far behind the curve and it's the first smartphone you tried to design. What do you do? Yeah. And that's a board of directors level decision and they've got to pick. And unfortunately, a lot of these boards currently are saying, we've got a few more years of high profit. Let's extract that profit from the company. Let's buy more boats. Let's have more fun. And then when the company goes down, we've got our backup plan and golden parachute. And Musk just talked about that. And I really appreciate it. it. It made more sense to me why Musk behaves financially the way Musk does. Mm-hmm. Musk says, I think the captain should go down with the ship. If yep. the company fails, the the owner, the founder, the president should be bankrupt. And Musk said, I don't have any offshore accounts. I believe him. Um, now that's a choice. Some people could choose not to believe what Musk says, but if you do actually take what Musk says directly and at face value, it does make an enormous amount of sense. Yep. Um, and Musk says, I don't have offshore accounts. I don't have a backup plan. Um, I live extremely simply. I mean, he doesn't wear a Gucci belt. Right. Or Fendi shoes. Right. It's, it's not. It's such a paradigm shift, you know. It's such a paradigm shift to how how businesses are 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 captain and run. You know, it's it's the next. It's the it's just feels like the next. Then it's the evolution. It's 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 the evolution of of what a of what a workforce is, what a company is, and it just so happens that Tesla is is and Elon are leading the way. You know, and it's like sorry, I don't know if you were going to say something there. Yeah. I was going to agree with you and say, I don't think it's new. Mm. If you look back to a time before I was alive, so I'm getting at this from books and black and white video reels. Mm -hmm. It looks like World War II, World War II production all over the world. So I'm not being nationalist. I mean, what's a nation? 
I didn't pick where I was born, right. um, but all over the world, people did incredibly rapid innovations in production and design was at the point of production and supply chain inconsistency. Wow. I mean, it was weirder than now your supply boat doesn't even necessarily get stuck in the canal. It might've been torpedoed, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, That's true. Well, we thought we had aluminum. Guess what? Now we have tin. Yeah, yeah. Make it work. Right. I mean, talk about supply chain inconsistency. Yeah. And mm. these people did amazing. Talk about super out of the box thinking human hair is insulation for submarine sound deadening. I mean, crazy, actually really smart. I mean, that's organic and renewable products. Yep. Humans is sheep. Yep. Sure. <laughs> uh, as, as long as they're willing participants. Right. Exactly. I was going to say. They weren't, that's not where I'm taking this. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> From a production aspect, humans know how to do this. And if we look at some of the innovation that jumped into public industry from the same people after World War II, you had supersonic commercial transport, which we don't now. You had people go to the moon, which we can't now. You, you had, and th those are not from the same country, by the way. So I'm not trying to be nationalist. Right. What I'm trying to say is humans know how to do this. And then people started optimizing for something else. They started optimizing for entertainment, basically, like optimizing for Netflix. And I don't think Netflix is evil, but man, if I have a choice between going to the gym and watching Netflix, I'll go to the gym. And if I have a choice between updating a car design in production and making an improvement that's meaningful or watching Netflix, I'll do the first one. And there's a lot of people who don't. They're like, when's my shift end? So I can go whatever it is. And that talks about how unwalk up simple, unengaging, uninspiring a lot of companies have become. And I do think Tesla has fixed that. I mean, I, I had never a dull moment inside the company. Same. That brings me to one of my questions I really want to ask you about. Why? How? What, what's your perspective on why it's engaging and fun? Yeah. Because you're really working. I mean, you are really yes. popping it. Why Why is it engaging as fun? I felt like I was playing Legos all day. Yeah. Really good Legos. I loved it. Why? Likewise. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just for me, I, I, so you, you hit on it. It's there's so much purpose behind the mission that you know that you're working for something that truly matters and makes a difference. Right. So that's one aspect. So, you know, every single second you spend in that company, you you at least feel like you're part of moving the world towards somewhere better. So that that in itself is already huge. So, you know, that's one thing. Um, the second one is uh, for, for the kind of person that I am. I love um, I don't want to use chaotic uh, in a chaotic environment. I like I like a fast paced um, where, where the same days is never the same, right? Each day is never the same. I, I like it when there's, where the, there's constant movement, there are new uh, challenges to hit. Um, so that was another one for me. And, and I'm sure for you as well, the way you described it, it was very similar from that perspective as well. But then the third one, and this is one I think that um, as more of us come out you know, to the front and speak more about this, the, the people, the, the sort of talent that Tesla is able to pull together because of its prestige and because of the mission, there's so much like-mindedness behind the purpose, you know, 
that it makes it really easy to go into work and say, oh, I'm really passionate about, you know, uh, what we're doing here, what Elon's doing as a company, whereas, you know, and, and I'm not going to use my sort of previous experience because my previous experience before Tesla was also really, really good. But this, I worked for a pet food distributor, but it's, you know, and I love pets and I love, you know, to keep them alive, but it's hard to be uh, passionate in the same way for, for pet food as you would be for uh, advancing the world to sustainable transport. Right. And I don't know how many companies out there uh, have that mission and have a leader that's so um, has done such a great job encapsulating the essence of what that means into a company that allows uh, its workers to be like, yep, I'm super motivated. Let's go after that. Right. So like those three things are the big ones. It's, it's just the mission, the, the, the type of work that we did, just the, the constant challenges that we had to face and, and really figure out how to, how to resolve. And then you're surrounded by a bunch of freaking geniuses. I felt, I felt like an idiot. And that's, that's what's, and honestly, that was one of my favorite things is that I felt like a dummy, you know, or surrounded by these incredible talented folks that were so um, willing to, to, give, to give their feedback and to help you, you know? Um, I, one of my best friends I met working at Tesla, you know, one of my best friends down, I, I was there for four years and, you know, he was my boss once upon a time and uh, he was extremely demanding, but I learned so much from him and he was able to learn from me as well, from my previous experiences and everything. We created this incredible bond and I, it just feels like Tesla gives a very unique, um, I'm just thank. I'm just so thankful. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. I'm just incredibly thankful. And, 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 you know, I sound like a fanboy. I sound like a crazy person, maybe to some people I've been following the company since 2012, 2013, but hearing you talk about what you did before, like about how, you know, we, we used to be this way in a sense, back in World War II, we were tied to these like very fundamental, important things. Um, and Tesla feels like that as well, which, but it feels so rare. And I think that's why it made it so attractive and, and made me have so much fun there. But let me know if that answers your question. That was a long one. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it brought up a bunch of things I, I want to say. Yeah. But no, okay. let me please ask you my most important question. Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me please present this to you. If another company wanted to become as fast at innovating mm -hmm. in a meaningful and good way, mm -hmm. wanted to be as good in all the dimensions, as, as fun to work, as, as productive, making things people really love, whether they're a new company or an existing company, what tips, advice, or must-haves or must-don'ts would you say? Yeah. I think, I think the, there's, there's many. Right. But, but the, I always think of it, of it from a, like a person's perspective, like a, like a, a people's perspective, a humanity perspective. Right. Um, and I, and I heard you talk about this before and, and it resonated with me a lot as well, but like the flatness of the company is I think one of the most important things about it, because you don't feel like you're playing politics. You feel like you're just getting stuff done. I almost cursed there. I was so close. I was, I almost did too. Cause it's my channel. I, you know, I could curse in my own channel, but you know, we'll see. We'll keep it PG for this one. Um, it, that is, that to me feels incredibly important, you know, call it flat structure, call it, uh, um, a lack of, um, you know, trying to be super hierarchical, call it whatever you want. 
Just empower people, you know, empower the people and then invest a tremendous amount of uh, time and energy getting the best possible people to join your company. But that becomes extremely difficult to do if your mission for that company is not, is not honest or is, it's just driven by, well, we're just here to make money, right? We're just here to, to do this, this or that. I think that is a, that's a barrier for a lot of companies from a, from a people's perspective. You know, it's, um, I'm not sure if I, I would ever want to join. Like, I don't know how much talent would theoretically go to a place where it's just about money. And it almost gets like, you could have a lot of different companies that have that, you know? Um, and you could have like, 1% of the population goes to this company, you know, 0.5% goes to this one. But I feel like something that Tesla does incredibly well, again, is that it's never about the money. It's about the mission. It's about the mission. And then we're going to spend as much time humanly possible to hire the best and the brightest and empower them and trust them to get after it. You know, um, that's what I perceive. I'm curious to hear yours. Like, what, what, what do you think it is? Man, Man you, you you hit on many topics that are so passionate to me. Mm -hmm. I, I think another one is, oh, wow, I, I, how, to, how to say this the right way. A lot of companies, if you see a really handsome or really beautiful person, they're in or on their way to some leadership track. Mm. I never experienced that in Tesla, mm. ever. Um, sometimes I saw someone who was inordinately big, tall presence, handsome or beautiful. They were on the line period, right? There, there was, there was no, oh, you're the special cast. Mm. <laughs> so we want you doing the special work. Mm. I, I never experienced that. I think that's super important. Um, I went to so-and-so school, so I should be in X position. I never experienced that. Uh, I, I worked with a lot of people that went to awesome schools and a lot of people that didn't, and they were working together on the same teams. And this brings me to the inverse of that point that I think is super important. I remember one of the most skillful, productive, best mentor people I worked with, they were in their 70s. They were an ex-convict. They were ugly. I don't think anyone would have on the surface considered them the best and the brightest and the, the lucky hire. They were amazing. Mm -hmm. And I ran into situations similar to that more often than not. Tesla is a place in my experience where everyone gets a chance and who you were 10 minutes ago has nothing to do with what you're asked and supported to do now. And you can reinvent yourself all the time and forever. And it's not like, well, that's Judy and Judy always X, Y, Z. I never experienced that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of other companies I did. And I do think anyone could get a job somewhere in Tesla. And the cool thing is once you're hired and once you're in, you can do anything. It's so true. So no matter what the job description was, like go for the absolute baddest sounding role yeah. and, and get it. And then you can do anything, yeah. right? If you, if you want to. That is so true. Yeah, it's, it's the humanity. It's the humanity of that company. I don't think folks truly understand. 
And like, I think that sort of highlights it, right? It's because, you know, it, it's almost like, and I wanted to ask about this too, because you brought it up, but like, I, I wonder how much of that thing that you described that Tesla doesn't, doesn't do, like the whole, you know, you look good, you look like a manager, you look like you should have a better thing. So let's get you there. I wonder how much of that is human nature and how much of that is that learned improper practices. You know what I'm saying? Like how much is that is our businesses just, uh, you know, since, I don't know, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm 34 and I barely know anything, you know, I, I don't know history that well, to be completely honest, but like, I'm, I'm curious, like, is it like, like how much of that hasn't been um, learned because of very naive and in, incorrect reasons and how much of it is just human beings? Um, you know, it's just how we work. And then the beauty behind Elon and, and what that company has done is that it's, it's merit. It's just, are you good at what you do? And are you going to be good in this situation to be able to fix this thing? And the way that they empower you to get after it is completely and absolutely nuts. And it's so funny you bring that up because we, so I, I was fortunate enough to be in a role where I was able to hire um, uh, a bunch of people, not just for my team, but for across uh, every single really you know, material handlers, we, I, I help hire engineers, I helped have a programmers, right? I mean, because, you know, I was connected to the folks and they trusted me to help them, you know, conduct interviews and things like that. And that was a common thread across uh, every single person that I ever interviewed or I never, and ever saw someone else interview was that it was always merit. It wasn't always, well, this person looks good, so let's get them on. It was always merit-based. What can they bring to the table? And then, like you said, once they come on board, it's okay. Let's let's throw you into a place where you can figure out how to how to get this thing solved, right? Uh, I just wanted to reinforce that point because it's so important and it's so true and it's so it's almost like again from a humanitarian perspective, it just feels like such a human company. Like even those that are very atypical or are not you know part of the 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 a class of people that might be perceived a certain way, Tesla's like screw that. Like like we, you're here for a reason. Let's let's get there together, you know. And it feels feels very human and beautiful. And again, I sound like a fanboy, but I just, I can't, I can't help but feel that way. You know, I can't help but feel that way. What do you think makes that persist? It's not like Elon's walking around and tapping people on the head and say, remember, it's about merit. Yeah. Right. I mean, there, there's emails that are sent to all hands that yeah. use yeah. words in a useful way to try to create a common thread of thinking. Yeah. But what else? What I mean, some politicking in one of your earlier videos, you said does emerge. And I love how you defined politicking as something that sub optimizes from the mission and optimizes for one person's or some some subgroups gain and not right. the mission. I thought that was really elegant. Appreciate that. Um, and, and it does emerge, but then it's usually washed. Yes. How? why what what makes it persist yeah i think i think there's a couple things uh the way i think about it is um i think everyone who works at tesla really respects the hell out of elon they just really really respect him, and and he doesn't need to be there for the folks that are there to be like what elon is this is this what the handbook says i should do is this something that elon would want us to do right that's a constant question and and it's almost like it, it almost, it's that first principles thinking that gets sort of embedded into everyone's head. It's like, okay, so think of it from a first principle standpoint, like, uh, would you, would you do that? Like, would you, would you really, is that an optimal way of solving the problem? Um, I think that's one piece. I think people just really respect Elon and, and what he stands for and what he gets after. 
I think the other one is, uh, it's, it's the talent. It's like when you have that leader, you're able to surround yourself with all the people in the company that, that are going to be just extremely talented at, at driving that mission forward. Uh, and because of what we just talked about, you know, like they're all based on most, most, if not all are based on merit. There's never any games around who should or shouldn't be there based on their appearance or whatever. Those people are generally going to make the right decisions very, very, very often, you know? And so I think from that, and then they, they have a hundred thousand people now, right? Working at the company. So uh, a significant percentage of them, at least call it 85 to 90%, maybe even higher are going to operate in that way. So imagine how many good decisions are being made on every freaking minute, you know, without Elon having to be there. And we just saw the, I don't know if you saw the quarterly report that just came out, you know, they, they delivered 308,000 cars, blowing everyone's expectation, even those that were the most like aggressive bulls out there on the market, even in our community, in the Tesla community. And Elon sent a tweet a few weeks ago saying, we're not going to go that hard in Q4. We're going to, you know, we're going to do it right. And then it ends up blowing everyone's expectations. It's because of the people. He has surrounded that entire company with incredibly talented people that are always going to make the right decision for the company and the mission. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I don't know if that lines up with what you, what you saw, but like that's, that's how I think about it. I really think the lack of a ladder to climb takes away that, that game mm-hmm. that a lot of people want to play at work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, there's simply, here's the work to do. and there's rapid feedback on, did you make the situation better or worse? Right. <laughs> right. right. It's so true. And so that becomes your game because there's, there's no other game. It's not like you're sitting in an office and in meetings thinking who likes who and who went golfing with who, which I mean, a lot of the time that is the game. Yep. And in Tesla, no one's going golfing. Yeah. There's no time. <laughs> no one has time. <laughs> Maybe on the computer when you're home, <laughs> like PGA Tour or something. You went home? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> to sleep for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's not like you've got your annual goals to hit. Right. It's, it's, it's simply, did the processes you touch have superior outcome after you touch them or less? And you know that before anyone else does. Yeah. So it's not like some manager comes up and hits someone and says yeah. you made it worse like yeah you you see that before anyone else so you're already working on the fix because where else are you going to go right absolutely <laughs> you gotta it's, be there to improve it again it's so true it's so true i mean if you just walked away that would be a reason to get fired you yeah. know if you made it worse and just walked away yeah you could lose your job for that one yeah so you would get your ass kicked so there. fast if, if that were to happen yeah yeah I mean, your, your team would try to help you are you okay what's wrong right i mean if you were just cold about it like i'm i had enough of this like you, you would be gone yeah so quick <laughs> that is so true um i wonder so, yeah go ahead sir please go ahead okay i was going to say like I, so we do so ultimately it's like do you see this happening anywhere else like do you think it, are there any new entrants that are coming like down the pike that might be able to do this like any chinese companies or anything do you have any exposure from that front i'm curious like like does the next Tesla, like, do we have to wait 20 years for that next Tesla to arrive? Like what, what does it look like? You know? Yeah. Um, so a, a person of Elon's capability, focus, dedication, I, I, I think the last person who may have been of that impact may have been uh, the yellow emperor thousands of years ago. 
Mm. Um, and I, I'm, it's hard to know what is true and what is myth. I mean, this is thousands of years back, but maybe the yellow emperor could have been very musk-like in some aspects. Uh, but some of that might be apocryphal and we don't really know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite possible there won't be another Elon for another several thousand years wow. to run Elon-like companies. And that then brings me back to my passion. So if I choose to believe that Elon is a rare type of person and directly responsible for much of the awesomeness that the Musk companies have, and a lot of human history will not have someone of that caliber is if that's part of my thesis, but I still have a dream of a million or actually 10 billion companies behaving like this, that are this valuable to humanity and this fun to work in, this satisfying, how can that come true? And the closest I've seen, this really could be a case of a hammer that looks looks at everything like a nail. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was an agilist before I went to Tesla. Mm -hmm. And so of course I saw agile principles everywhere, Mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of things I saw at Tesla that are outside agile and I know Agile well enough to say that with reasonable confidence. And I'm still trying to unpack and figure out what that is that mm. I experienced because there's more. I, I can't just say get Agile. That would not. There's many companies trying to do that. And they haven't become the must companies. Yep. But my wish is to make it more repeatable and try to make 10 or less rules. So you can keep them in mind that people can use to get near or ideally even better than Musk companies. And I don't have them yet. Mm. Uh, The four agile values and the 12 agile principles are the closest I've seen, but they don't hit it. They will not make you a Musk company. They'll, They'll help a lot of companies. They'll get a lot of companies way closer than where they are now. I mean, what that would do is it would get GM, for example, to less than 30-day releases in hardware. That would be a very different, much more competitive General Motors. I would love to see that. Yeah. But that's not what Tesla is doing. Yeah. <laughs> Tesla would blow that away. Yeah. Um, so there's these cool agile principles that have given me a vocabulary and an understanding point. And I think because of that, I was able to recognize a lot of things in a really short amount of time. But it also has hamstrung me. It's, it's also held me back because what are all these other things that are outside Agile that I don't have names for? No one here seems to have names for either. It's simply the way the work happens. So I'd like to try to distill that into something repeatable. That's absolutely my dream. So I'll send a shout out to everyone on Farzad's channel. If you have... Uh, a lexicon, a a vocabulary for some of this, some proposed names or a set of names that already exist that are short and easy to remember. I'm not looking for a set of 12 books. I've probably read them and (laughs) I think I probably know what you're talking about, but that's not going to make it easy and repeatable. That's not something you can give to your kids when you fly off to Mars and say, this is what you use to make your next company, right? You read this canon. That doesn't scale well. Right, right. (laughs) Please put it in the comments 
tag me. I'm at Joe Justice on Twitter, tag Farzad. Let's learn. I, I think it's hyper important to attempt to say, here's the, the Musk company or better startup kit. Yeah. And I'm working on it. I teach an agile hardware developer course. It's two days and it's the best I've figured out so far. And if companies did that, they'd be in a really good position. But I still, I, I think I don't have it yet. It, it wouldn't make Tesla again without Musk. Yeah. So I'm, I'm aiming that way. Got it. Wow. So that's, that's a very, so that's an eye-opening statement for me because so the way, the way I think about Tesla, my experiences is that Tesla was like the, okay, so this is like the peak, like this is, uh, this is everything that's happening here, but it seems like, so from some, from your perspective, somebody who has had so much exposure to agile and again, has had this very impressive background in your eyes, you still are seeing something that hasn't been seen before that you don't even know how to describe. Um, that feels almost surreal. It, it feels like almost like we're living. And I, I guess it goes back to the other comment you made about someone like Musk that has lived before in the past, maybe a couple thousand years. So it's not even generational. This is like, this is like on the time scale of thousands of years, you know? So, so like if, if we fast forward, okay, let's do a little fun experiment here. So let's fast forward, let's fast forward 20, 20 years from now. Okay. So, and let's say Tesla continues in its own trajectory. Okay. How, what's the word look like? Like what, what has happened? Right. What has oh, happened? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's pretty clear. Like <laughs> the, the problem is it's so crazy. This is where I, I would lose a lot of people. They'd say, well, that's just nuts. There's no way. You're not going to lose me. <laughs> the conversation might end up being only you and me and oh, other yeah. people who actually work in these companies. And that, that's not going to help so many people outside, but, but I'll, I'll answer it honestly. Yeah. In, in 20 years, if we look at the ramp, I mean, there's a, there's a trend. You can see the trend in terms of innovation pace and rate of delivery and time, time length between iterations across all the Musk companies. And in 20 years, Tesla will very likely, and okay, what, what's, what's actually likely going to happen is, is Musk seems to have a very good heart. Mm. And I don't think Musk is going, get, going to directly take over other companies, not hostile takeover style, but it's going to become multi-branded at some point. Mm. I still think that Tesla share price is going to bear the brunt of the success. So I'm very long. I'm, I'm 10,000 years long on TSLA. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Tesla is going to rescue a lot of other companies uh, directly or indirectly. And I think Tesla is going to rescue a bunch of other industries. Um, I think housing is on the radar. Um, and this isn't me leaking sensitive information. Musk right. has, has hinted at that directly. Um, I, and it's a, it's a dire need. Education as a concept, money as a concept, government as a concept, news, media, and fact as a concept will see fundamental rewrites, updates, edits, multiple new versions. Transparency will have a movement behind it. And I imagine there's going to be a bunch of misinformed backlash 
Mm. I mean, we've already seen that, but imagine when people feel they're truly fighting for their lives, mm. not fighting for one of their share price. I mean, there, there's a risk of World War III. Mm. Uh, I, I think Musk is elegant enough to bypass that, to miss it. And in fact, um, I see some of those mitigations happening now to prevent World War III. Part of it is, is putting plants, um, production facilities, and spending time there personally in places that could have been the, the trigger people. Mm. Uh, and I think that will continue to grow. Um, China was first. That was very intentional. Germany was second. That was very intentional. India's on the radar. Musk is super smart and basically playing geopolitics for, for good, for mm. the good of humans. Mm. I mean, it's not like he's buying a $500 million boat like Bezos just did. Right. Better than anyone. And the concept of money, the concept of education, the concept of fact and fact reporting are being updated. And in 20 years, it's going to be super different is, is my anticipation. And that's simply the trend, yeah. like not even wishful thinking, like that's what's happening. There's already a set of Musk influenced schools with awesome robotics programming, KUKA robots in Texas. Mm. I mean, imagine kindergartners, preschoolers directly programming FANUC and KUKA robots, mm. the same ones in the factory. Wow. And that, that is happening now. So you have an update of what vocational education was supposed to be. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, this is why the correlation with what may have been the yellow emperor is, is really apt. Sure. Some of the legends about the yellow emperor credit them with modern crop science. And then the political system that encouraged people to store crops over over season and then the political neighborhood and ethics system that created families that would consistently tend crops uh, and rotate them uh, and understand the effects of different foods which foods were croppable because this was way back in the day yeah you know and and how to breed and optimize those um so that you could then have a non-roving more established knowledge concentrating and compounding society. Mm. And that's one of the largest changes that has happened to humanity. Mm -hmm. And whether one person did that or not, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But if they did, that's what Musk is pulling off. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's like the all the man. So so and here's here's my little secret is that I it's hard for me to it's hard for me to not agree with you. Right. It's, 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 it's hard because, because it's, it sounds, and I'll give an example. Like I, I, you know, I would bring something like this to up to my friends. Right. And it's just immediately laughed off. You know, it's like, come on, man, like this has never happened. You're crazy. You know, like he, they're going to get broken up and blah, blah, blah. But it's, there's such a unique, the uniqueness of Elon is that he is, like you said, somebody who's so good hearted, somebody who's clearly a really good person who has access to a tremendous amount of capital. And there is a ton of people that want to work for him who happen to be the most talented in the world, right? So like that triple combination is sort of that superpower, you know? Um, so it's like, why wouldn't it end up like that way? So, and, I, and I'm curious to hear, like what, what, would, what, would, what would be the biggest obstacle that would prevent them, 
Elon, Tesla, X, whoever, to arrive to that point? Is it government intervention? Is it, you know, I'm sure Elon dying is going to be a, a, a humongous obstacle. There's got to be some sort of time that has to pass for that mission to continue without him, even if it's possible. I'm curious, like, what, what are those, you know, obstacles in that 20-year time frame that could potentially, you know, bury this thing? Yeah, that, I mean, th those, are the, those are the two. Um, the Musk companies are taking awesome steps to befriend and be useful, loving partners to even traditional outmoded government yeah. and really doing awesome jobs at that. Musk paying more taxes than anyone in, in the country Musk chooses to live in currently has ever paid in the history of that country in one year. Yeah. But government action is big enough that it could it could break up the musk companies for example the government of japan could ban cars sold from the united states or it could just ban teslas they could germany could do the same now that would be more difficult there's giga berlin and it's soon to become a major employer and major education center major technology center i mean a real pride and prize yeah. japan doesn't have that yet they could simply say Teslas can't be sold here. There'd be backlash, but Japan has other ways to balance that out on the political spectrum, not for Musk, but they could say, we'll, we'll give these other countries something else in exchange, but yeah. no Teslas. They could do that. Now, if only Japan did that, they would just get overrun later, right? Because they just fall behind, 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 behind. They would be, they'd need the Meiji area restoration again, but they've done that before, so they could do it again. Yeah. Um, but if several countries did that, or if the U.S. passed legislate legislation saying um, autopilot specifically is super banned, which they could. I mean, there's danger of that even this year, mm -hmm. right? That would really slow things down, maybe even stop them. So government intervention, Tesla's not passed that. Now, the Musk companies are taking super artful, loving, appropriate, correct steps to reduce those risks. And and amplify the good in current world governments. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to sound too weird, but if you actually look at what the companies do, that's exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think so, but it's still a risk. It could happen. Then the other is, yeah, somebody could assassinate Elon Musk. Right. It's it's horrible. I mean, but if you look at the history of humans, it's happened a lot of times. A lot of times, people who had made even a fraction of the impact of Elon Musk. Now, at this point, Musk has been clear enough about Musk's thinking that if Musk were martyred, it might get weirdly religioned, mm. but the Musk companies might still surge for another couple hundred years, couple mm. thousand years. Mm. Um, it, it might lose the core and heart um but the the missions is understand understood now might last the problem is it certainly appears that there's a lot more to the master plan and it's all just obvious what would you wish the future to be a thousand a million years out yep. that elon has clear thinking about and a lot of people have trouble having clear thinking about even sci-fi authors have trouble writing a positive utopian story a million years into the future. But Elon seems to have a pretty 
clear, clean angle, we would lose that because we're not there. The possibilities bring us closer haven't emerged. It's not like Elon could write it down. If Elon could, Elon would, but it has to emerge. You have to knock the steps out. Like recent interview, Musk being asked, well, what's the government on Mars going to look like? And Musk clearly had a bunch of ideas, but he also said, look, if we can't afford to get us and the infrastructure there, it doesn't matter. So almost all of my brain power now is being bent on how do we get there affordably? Okay, cool. Well, here's the cool thing. What do you think Musk's brain power and all the cool people functioning with Musk are going to be thinking about once it is affordable to get to Mars? Right. I want to see that. That's what we would miss. Yeah. Wow. That's so crazy, man. That's so crazy. What, what, so you're obviously somebody who, who's followed Elon and Tesla for, for a while. You know, it, it does seem like you've been somebody that, that has really, you're, you're a fan. You're a fan of the company, not just a former employee, but you've, you've followed them for a while. How, when did that journey start and what, what really kicked it off? Well, I'd also like to ask you the same question. Yeah, but sure. I'll, I'll answer also. Sure. So in 2010, I was, competing in something called the Progressive Insurance Automotive X Prize. It was a $10 million prize purse Mm -hmm. to see if anyone could make a road legal car um, that was production possible. So not a science fair experiment is what they said. Mm. So it needed heat, defrost, air conditioning, a stereo, airbags. It could anyone make one that could seat four adults and pass all safety standards that achieved higher than 100 miles per gallon or equivalent. And they had a formula to calculate electric equivalency. And in in 2010, there were no electric cars, practically speaking. Tesla was still working on the Roadster. And I met some Tesla teams and they were my competition. You know, I I had this team making Wikispeed, making the Wikispeed car. And we chose gasoline because the I actually liked electric, but the scoring criteria, the way they measured miles per gallon or equivalent was actually difficult for electric. It wasn't impossible, but it was biased against electric. It was biased towards very efficient gasoline. And I wanted to win. Mm. Um, So I, I, I did have a vision for future automotive transportation, but I viewed a key step towards that as winning, not making the prototype towards this awesome vision if it won't win. And I met some of the Tesla team in 2010, and they were some of the same people working on the Roadster and trying to make the Roadster really work. Uh, And Musk did, in hindsight, I think was the best move. Musk withdrew Team Tesla from the competition. They, They left early saying, we can't split our attention this way. And that was dates overlap with right when one of the times Tesla was on the verge of bankruptcy. Like, look, we got to make Roadster work. And it's true. The scoring criteria, Roadster might not have won. Mm. And so it, it might have worked against Tesla indirectly in terms of PR, even though Roadster was far and away the only one of the cars that competed that you would have wanted to, to drive. You would have wanted to own. The rest were very amazing and awesome engineering, but not anything as real world, real world usable as even the Tesla Roadster Mm. was Roadster one, uh, which was a niche sports product with compared to today's Tesla's limited range, Mm -hmm. but far more usable than all the other products, including mine. Well, 
I didn't win the X prize, but I, I tied for, we, the team, tied for 10th place. And that got us road legalization consulting from Roush. So we used that to take our prototype and make it road legal, which we did, put license plates on them. We sold some of them. And we went to the largest auto show in the world. And that was January, 2011. And Tesla was there with the frame, the chassis of the Model S. Mm. And I showed off the Wikispeed car and it was an agile car. It was split into eight modules. So you could take off the McPherson strut suspension and attach double wishbone suspension in about the time you'd change a tire. Like it was radically quick mm. to iterate. Mm. And, and that was its superpower. And that was my entire theory, make it really cheap and easy and not frustrating to change, simple to understand. And the evolution will run away from you um, if, if you just put interested people near it. And mm. that, that happened. We set four world records just by that theory. It worked. Mm. And the Model S was monolithic single. It, it looked like a Daimler product. It looked exactly like a Daimler product, which later I found out it largely was. Mm. It was help from existing Daimler engineers. And it didn't have any of those, I thought, modern next generation features. So I talked to the Model S chassis team about it. And I said, look, that's going to be expensive to change. And here's why. And they had some modularity. I mean, they were super smart. And the Roadster already had some level of modularity. And the Model S had some, mm. but not in the frame, not in the chassis, for example. Um, only the battery pack dropped in and out. And then other components, which already traditional car manufacturers had figured out how to make modular, like the drivetrain unit. And so I worked with the team at the auto show uh, before and after in 2010 and then 2011. And then I saw the level of modularity ramping up and I have no idea if it had anything to do with what I said. I mean, truly this is, if thoughtful people were interested in reducing the cost to make change, this is probably one of the things they would try. Sure. And I did talk to them about it, but they already had some modularity anyway. So I definitely didn't introduce that to Tesla. Mm -hmm. I talked to them about it. Mm -hmm. And then um, I started buying Tesla stock um, uh, like 2013, mm. something like that. I mean, it was, it was low then uh, relative to what it's achieved now. And then by 2020, I had just finished working a whole bunch in Toyota and Nissan. Um, and I'd had a breakfast with the leadership groups of most of the nations represented by BMW. And in Agile Automotive, I was already the person. And I'd been in all these companies. Earlier, I had set up a scrum training that's a part of Agile inside Tesla. And almost no Tesla employees took it. Tesla was super kind that they allowed other people from other companies to come inside Tesla and take a scrum training, two scrum trainings offered that week. And one of my business partners now took that training mm. and almost no Tesla employees took it. And I realized this scrum thing was not helping Tesla. They were past it. And what are they doing? Is it what I think they're doing? And I, I honestly, I had to know. I, I, I'm considered the top in the world in agile automotive. And I have no idea why this company is so awesome. Mm. They're doing everything that I would recommend and they're crushing it better than I would. What else do they know? And 
I was pulled into the company like a magnet. I'd actually wanted to join the company years before, but um, I fell into a common trap. The, the clients I had were too nice, too kind. The dinners were too good. The money was too comfortable. I, I wish I had put that on hold and taken a indefinite sabbatical years before, mm. but I finally did in 2020 and man, that changed my life. That is the coolest, the fastest, most amazing company. It, it's everything I wished it would be. Mm. And I, I will never be the same as a human wow. after that event. That's amazing. Thank you for the, like the in-depth honesty there, man. That was like, I, I can relate a lot with that for me, for me. So I, I started following the company back in, I'm still like reeling from your story. That's like, that's so cool. Like, especially like the, the, the fact that you already had exposure to the engineering aspect of the car and everything like that. And that's how you were first introduced is through that is, is very, very cool for me as somebody who's always wanted to be. I went to school as a my first two years was engineering and I started my third year and I took I took um, I forget what the class was. And uh, I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, nope. So instead my dumbass went to mathematics instead. And that was like just as hard, if not crazier. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to switch my majors again. I'm sticking with math, you know, but anyway, that's, that's a separate story. Um, but, um, yeah, for me, I started, um, so I graduated college in 2009, uh, with a degree in math and stat from Penn state. And, uh, I started working at a, at a pet food distributor for a couple of years and I was super lucky to have incredibly good mentors. You know, I, that entire time I was there, I can't tell you how thankful I am of that entire experience. Um, you know, while I was there, I, I started as a, as a temp and, uh, I left the company as a director of BI and pricing in 2017. Um, and then, uh, not bad, but then in, uh, 2012, 2013, uh, when I got my first manager job, I started getting a, a couple extra pennies that I could throw into my bank account, you know? So it's something that I had and I wanted to plan for the future. I'm like, okay, so if I really want to sit down and think about, um, I really want to reach my goals in the next 10, 20, 30 years. Okay. I'm, I'm going to need some sort of fund that's going to enable me to do that. Um, and obviously working at, at Phillips was the company was you know good. They were paying me decent enough money, but it's like, okay, I have amazing goals. I have really big goals, not amazing, but really big goals. And, um, um, and I have a ton of student debt and I live with my parents. Uh, I need to do something else. So I started playing around with investing a little bit, right? So I started sort of buying stocks here and there. And uh, one of the companies I started to look into was Tesla back in 2012. Um, and the reason why I started looking into them was, uh, I think just like any, any other person that has most people, they went on YouTube and, you know, top, top stocks to invest in in 2012, whatever, right? So and one, of the, one, of the, one of them was Tesla. And I started reading, um, I started learning more about Musk. And, and I started learning more about Elon and, and um, Tesla and SpaceX and PayPal. And then uh, what really captivated me was the sort of the, the honesty of how Elon approached uh, his company, right? Like he just came across so honest and like he really wanted to do this for humanity, not for the money. Uh, it, it was very uh, profound. It felt really, really profound. And that was, that was really important for me because it's, you know, I, I like to think that humans are more than just uh, alive just to make a lot of money. We're here to make a difference somehow. We're trying to, trying to make, move the society forward or humanity forward or understand the universe better, whatever, you know, it's, it's more than money. It has to be more than money. And here's a leader that, that was very obviously 
conveying himself at the very least about that. But there was just something about him that you could tell that it, it was he was being honest. Like it was, you know, I don't know if it's cues he had or the way he spoke. You know, he has a very endearing way he speaks. It was just very obvious that he's being very honest. So I'm like, okay, this is somebody I have to follow. You know, I had, this is somebody that I have to learn from. So uh, I threw a, a few bucks into Tesla. At the time, I literally my savings account was ten thousand dollars. That's all I had, and and I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna take half of it. and I'm gonna buy Tesla stock, and we'll see where it goes. You know, hopefully, I'll use my paycheck to cover my expenses, and we'll see where we go. And then I bought it back when it was um, thirty dollars before the split, right? So this is like it would have been like six dollars uh, in today's prices. And then they reported their first profitable quarter, and it went from thirty bucks to one hundred eighty. And I'm like, okay. That's cool. That's really, really nice. Uh, my life has changed in a way. You know, my life has changed. I can now buy a house. And so I became obsessed. I became completely obsessed with the company. I'm like, okay, so people seem to be waking up to this, to this idea, to this company that's going to really make a huge difference. Um, and, I, and I just, through that journey from 2012, 2013, all the way up through uh, 2017, I became incredibly obsessed with the company. And I just, all I did was tell all my friends, buy Tesla stock buy Tesla stock. It's going to be the best thing ever. Don't follow my financial advice, but buy Tesla stock, you know? And then uh, come 2017, uh, come 2017, when I was, uh, I was living in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania at, at the time, they, uh, they opened a distribution warehouse in that location. So uh, they have a parts distribution warehouse. And uh, my Phillips was looking to move their headquarters from Easton, which is right next to Bethlehem, uh, down to Car uh, North Carolina, Charlotte. And at that time, my uh, my wife and I were talking, okay, so do we want to stay? Do we want to go? Uh, and, you know, I said, right, let's just kind of look around, you know, like Phillips has, has taught, you know, taught me very well and everything's great, but there was some like change of the old guard. There was new folks coming in who were also very good, but I, a lot of my mentors were starting to exit the company. Um, and there were, there was a lot of opportunity for me at Phillips. I mean, I, I honestly believe I was on the, on a track to be a VP or, you know, down the line, as, uh, an executive at some point. So they took really, really, really good care of me. And, um, but then I saw a listing for Tesla pop up for an analyst out of the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania facility, right? And I'm like, okay, so obviously a typo, like why would Tesla ever have a thing in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, you know? I always tell people we have great cows and milk, but we, we're not known for like, you know, these like high tech uh, spots, but uh, it was true. So I applied and, and uh, they, they, we went through the interview process and everything, and, and we seemed to get along really well, and they brought me on board. And for those four years, I felt like the luckiest person in the world. You know, it's, it's, I followed this company for a while. I like to tell people that, that the company has changed my life more than once. It's honestly changed my life like two or three times, you know. First through that uh, little bit of financial, um, uh, and, uh, more financial ability from my, from my first um, investment which was for me was life-changing then working at a company for four years that completely made me rethink how a company should function right just completely made me rethink how to approach a problem period not just in in a workplace but like life in general just thinking about the fundamentals right that was i did not expect to learn that you know i just expected to go there and bust my ass for as long as i could to drive the mission forward and then i come away with all these incredible tools that i never had before I'm like, holy crap, that's amazing. Incredible friends. I've, I've made incredible friends at the place that I talk to to this day. Um, and yeah, it's just been, and, and now that, I'm, that I left the company and as of September, I still can't shut up about the damn thing. You know, I, I've been following it for so long. 
uh, it was a grueling four years. We made a, a lot of amazing things and happen and everything like that. But like now I'm like, I still can't stop, you know? And now, now that I have this, this financial freedom that which was directly correlated to Tesla and uh, the luck that I've had to sort of take as much time as I need to figure out who I am as a person and being part of that experience has been, I don't know, I'm just very thankful for it. I'm just very thankful for it. But that's, that's my story. It's just... Again, like I, I feel like the biggest fanboy in the world, but it's for me, it's hard not to be just because of how profound it has been for me. You know, it's been so what, profound. What, what would have made Tesla be able to keep you for another four years? I don't think, I don't think there was anything that, that would have happened that would have kept me there. And only because I... It, I, I think I'm at a point in my life where I really need to figure out who I am as a person. I, I need to connect a little bit more spiritually. I need to figure out what this, what, why, why am I here? You know, why am I here? So, and the way I think about that is, okay, so Tesla obviously has been this incredible uh, employer and once in a lifetime opportunity to work there, you know? But I also have this incredible gift from the universe that is um, uh, my health, a uh, beautiful wife, family, and financial freedom, right? It's, it's, it's something that appears in, seems to be incredibly rare and, and something that I felt like if I don't capitalize on now to really figure out what it means to be me, to be alive, that um, it's just my journey. I have to go on that journey. I have to go on that journey. It's, it's kind of like, it's it's like spiritual it's it's almost like philosophical in a sense i don't know like i could look back two years from now and be like that was stupid why the hell did you leave kind of thing but i honestly don't i don't i really don't feel that way i really don't feel that way i, f I feel like the 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 lessons that i learned from working there for four years and the friendships that i've made it's it's gonna stay with me forever you know and now again it's this gift from the universe that i have to to choose my own path now like to figure out where to go in this sort of YouTube channel is part of me trying to figure that out. I, you know, sort of in the same way you're sharing your experiences that you've had there, you know, that's one way of me trying to figure out what my purpose is, is I'm trying to get what I, what I know or what I've experienced out to the world. Just here, take it. It's yours, you know? Um, and I hope that brings value to people, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't think I, it's, it's not a money thing, you know, it's not a money thing for me. It's, it's a, it's just getting closer to who I am as a person, you know, and because I, I just feel like for, for a, lot, a lot of my life, I spent a lot of time um, being so focused on the destination of like, okay, like I, I need to hit this goal, hit this goal, hit this goal. And now I'm like, man, it's, it's the journey. And Elon talks about this too. It's, it's not a destination. It's a journey thing. So you have to figure out how to experience the journey. And I'm like, okay, so I feel like I haven't done that for myself, for who I am as a person. Uh, so I... I want to take the time to do that. And it opens me up to be, you know, with my wife uh, for a lot more time. We can travel and see the world, see other cultures, see, see what this humanity thing is about, this, this being alive thing is about. I don't know. It sounds kind of crazy, but like that's, that's sort of where I'm at, you know? Like very profound. It's weird. Weird. Perfectly know. said. Thank Perfectly you. said, Farzad. Um, I, I wish there were more bathrooms at the facilities that that would have kept me at least a little longer so i i was going to ask you what do you think is their greatest weakness because it's i have i have a couple in mind so what how what do you perceive as their their greatest weakness from that perspective i do think um in terms of 
knocking out frustration from the employees to get the job done, Tesla is amazing. Mm. Amazing. But in terms of if Tesla, the, the way it was when I worked in there, which was already a year ago. So, I mean, it could be, could be different now, but uh, if the way people were working and I was working in Tesla is what scales out among the stars, I think that's sad. Mm. And Tesla right now and SpaceX and to the limited um, uh, knowledge I have, the boring company and Neuralink and OpenAI, the way they work isn't the humanity I want humanity be, to be known for. They're the means, not the end. And I think the upgrade to Tesla is to be just as fast and be the society that should scale out among the stars. When I worked in Tokyo, for example, everything is so slow. Mm. It's the home of lean. It is so slow. I, I went into a furniture store. I had an apartment and I'd already picked out the couch I wanted. That couch, it was there. I saw the price. I had my credit card on the table. It's so polite. They brought me an orange juice. They asked me if I wanted something else. And they, on a beautiful tray with the napkin, just so. And they talked about how many installment payments would I like on a credit card? And I'm like, just one, please. It took an hour. Wow. And I, I wasn't trying to be rude. I wasn't trying to, to rush. I, I, but, but I said, oh, I'd like to be quick. Mm. I, I did express that to be polite to me would be to make this transaction quick. I had something else. I wanted to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I missed the gym because it took an hour Jeez. to buy this couch and that I knew exactly the one. And it's like that all the time to do everything in Japan, but I've never felt so relaxed and low stress. Mm. Like you get in a taxi thinking you're going to go somewhere fast and there's not traffic. And it's going like 30 miles an hour. And you're like, why? And it's beautiful. The driver has white gloves. You're sitting on laced white doilies. The door opens and closes for you. Why don't all taxis do that? Right. <laughs> and it, it's totally relaxing. I arrived refreshed to where I was going. I was late, mm. but I was refreshed to mm. where I was going. It's a culture where no one cares about wasting your time. But as a result, you start to not care about your time as well. Mm. And it becomes timeless and it's extremely low stress most of the time. Mm. And then there's absolutely incredibly high stress moments. It's not like anyone's figured out how to get away from that, to my knowledge. But that is closer. If that could intersect with the speed of innovation of the Musk companies, that is closer to what should scale among the stars. Mm. And the Musk companies don't have some of that yet. And Elon even talks about that. He talks about the wabi-sabi, the perfection of imperfection and how that draws you in. Mm. He, he definitely understands the aesthetic. And when he retweets Archelect, there's this sense of what this future society could be. Mm. And it's not all means of production stuff. Mm. But when I was working in Tesla in the most fun Lego set I've ever played in, a lot of the time I was also thinking, 
I got to pee. And Mm. these, these robots aren't going to wait for me. Mm. What do I do? Mm. And I'd really like a coffee, but it's, it's 45 minutes from here to get Mm. an awesome coffee. And it's really freaking loud. I'd love to ask this question. I can't hear them. Mm. They can't hear me. And these human experience points are, are an opportunity, a healing point. So that, I mean, Tesla is the coolest company I've ever been in. And I want it to be huge, huge, huge. And I want many more companies to be like it. But there's something about how working in them should be the means, should be the path. Mm. Not the means to the end. It should be the path. Like going to this place to contribute is not only worth doing because I think the mission is worth doing and I get to work with the best people in the world and I'm consistently hit in the chest with feedback of awesome because the accomplishments come so fast, but it also needs to be peaceful. It also needs to be even more healthy. It's not dangerous. And a lot of factory jobs have some element of that. Mm -hmm. And Tesla has really done amazing they're, they're world-class in safety, mm. but it's, it's definitely a different experience than when I sat down to buy the couch, which could have been a lot faster. It could have been at Tesla speed, but it was way more polite. Mm. Um, yeah. So making the culture inside the company for humans, what should scale out among the stars. So if we met this other civilization mm. and it came to us that it's not like the Klingons, it's not like we work all the time. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is what we do. It's instead you meet the can absolutely defend itself like a puffer fish, um, but well dressed, relaxed, versed in the arts, yeah. eloquent and comfortable and congenial culture. Yeah, and that's not the wave that hits you when you come in Tesla. So true. I wonder. I wonder how much of that is the bot. Is the bot the solution to that? The Tesla bot. I, I think you may be onto something, but, you know? um, the, the software teams in my experience are just as nutty. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, I, I think, I think Elon sees it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I do think there is a path towards there and the bot is one of these enabling yeah. elements. Yeah. Um, and the awesome AI stacks are, I think also part of it. Yeah. Right. As guides to your decision making and your fast feedback loop. Digital self-management is what I'm starting to call it, which I'd never experienced before the Musk companies. Yeah. Um, that I think is one of the things that goes beyond what most people seem to understand is agile. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, agile would be a huge move in the right direction for almost every company on planet Earth. Right. Um, so would lean single one piece continuous flow. Sure. But they're way behind. Tesla. And so one of these new items, maybe I can start to name and it's digital Mm self-management. And I think those will start to heal this, but there's culturally something that's still. Yeah. I I didn't feel I often had a chance to express myself as an artist, Mm. for example. Um, And there were some chances actually, but uh, that I think in the ultimate manifestation of humanity is something that we live almost continuously mm. expressing ourselves as an artist. And maybe that sounds too esoteric 
to most no. people listening to the podcast, but, but I actually think that's completely legit. True. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you there. I think, so it's, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned that last point where you didn't have like the, a chance to express yourself as an artist. So the one thing that really stood out to me, and this is where I think the, um, well, actually, are you, are you still good with time? You, I know, we're right, an hour yeah, and a half in. I'm all right until at a okay. maximum the next 30 minutes. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, so I think that the one thing I can really relate with the last point there of not being uh, allowed to, uh, or, or you didn't have the chance to really express yourself as an artist. This is where I think one of uh, Tesla's potential, uh, because they have so many divisions now, I guess you can call them divisions, but they have so many different things. So my experience, I actually did see that from, from where I was, you know? So, and I'll give you an example. So uh, we were in a parts distribution warehouse and we were, um, this is especially in the early days where we literally had sticks and stones. I mean, figuratively, you know, not literally, but sticks and stones. Okay, build a warehouse that can ship uh, thousands of parts out a day. Uh, oh, by the way, you don't have the systems. Oh, by the way, you have to do your own hiring. Oh, and by the way, you're on your own island in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, we'll see you in 24 hours. We got to go get the Model 3 out the door. Okay, so, and it was like three people in leadership positions and like 20, 25 material handlers. And what was really beautiful for me to see was how, and this is enabled obviously by the leadership group there that's, that's there that has taken that Elon sort of, um, you know, that mission of like just first principles thinking, but also make sure there's no layers to anything. Let's get stuff done. Um, I saw so many people and, and maybe it's not necessarily an, an art thing, but it's like, I saw so many people be able to solve problems in their own way and how they wanted to do it and almost give them like a little bit of a playground that says, okay, you know, let's, we have, we have two to four hours to get this thing figured out and, and tested. Um, you know, Joe, what's your idea? Greg, what's your idea? I, I think this would work. Okay, cool. Go, <laughs> go, go, go try it. What about you, um, um, Jose? I think this would work. Okay, go quick, go try it. L let's make it happen. And, and, it was almost out of desperation in a sense because of, of just how little it's, it's, it's way scrappier than I think a lot of people realize it's so freaking scrappy in there. It's not like, like the cars technology is supreme, but it is completely the opposite of what I experience. And that's why I use that sticks and stones analogy. And, but I think that speaks massively to Tesla's true potential is that they're able to squeeze genius out of the simplest tools and materials available. Whereas other companies would spend millions and tens of millions in sophistication and you end up coming out with a subpar product. And I think that's truly where, where Tesla's genius uh, lies. And, and it's because from my perspective, what I saw was people being able to come up with their own solutions, you know, like, like being that artist. Does that, so does that align with what you view that as or, or am I thinking about it differently? Okay, totally. You, okay. You, you, you said that very well. Mm. But you also touched on the other aspect of it, mm. um, which, which maybe now I can refine as comfort and aesthetics. Mm. Um, so yes, the creative expression of, of being an artist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In the problem solving. Mm. But 
man, if I could just make it less loud. Gotcha. I, I gotcha. Um, if, if I could, like, I, I love, there's really attention to aesthetics at all levels of the product and the product design and the factory that makes the product. Mm-hmm. But um, more of that, mm. more of that. I mean, if the, there was this Star Trek, the next generation episode where, I mean, the, the, the whole concept is you visit these other societies, mm-hmm. right? These independently evolved societies and then probe the possible weaknesses and strengths of that type of society. And there's this one that they, they paint as utopia and it mm-hmm. turns out to be all wrong and manipulative and I don't know, brain parasites or something, mm-hmm. but it starts out where it's just basically all beautiful people and they're all artists and they have maybe, I mean, this was a while ago, but like maybe some super weapon that they agree not to use, but that's what protects them. So they can just worry about being awesome artists. Mm. And they're like playing lutes and eating grapes and stuff. And it it looks very like peak of Rome esque. Mm. Um, And yeah, maybe there's some problem with it. Well, like the good part of that is what should happen if the Tesla aliens come here right yeah but no it'd be someone in a hard hat who's really sweaty <laughs> yeah. saying, i have to pee and i i've had way too much coffee <laughs> and i need to solve this in the next 15 minutes otherwise the line slows down yeah the lines because there's not like a line right the, the, the right. hive slows down right and like that's cool I, I super respect it and in fact i'd be bored in the peak of romanesque one like that's actually what i crave but it should be a little more beautiful mm. It, it, mm. like, I, I, I'm, mm, I, how, to, how to put a fine point on it. Yeah. The inside of a Tesla factory should look like an LVMH property company. Mm. And, and that's one mega company that owns. It, it's funny. If you listen to any rap song yeah. and then look at the Wikipedia article saying what LVMH owns, like you can see each time they've been paid to say a word. <laughs> you got that Gucci, that Fendi, that Prada. And you're like, those are all the same company yeah. and they invest in the record label. And yeah, I mean, wow. like entertainment is advertised. It's just yeah. all a broken system, but the products are incredibly beautiful. Mm. And in some cases, well-made, it should feel like that in the factory. Yeah. There's a reason why, the executive team at Bosch who I've worked with and they make most of all BMWs and Daimlers. Mm. It's, it's mostly outsourced to Bosch. They mm. design and make it and they make the steering rack for the model S. Mm. So they make some Tesla parts. There's a reason why the leadership team at Bosch doesn't want to work in the factory because the factory is loud and dirty. Mm. And so they have their own beautiful bathrooms. Well, the solution is you put beautiful bathrooms in the factory Mm. and you make the factory as calming and quiet as an inkjet printer or an office printer. Mm. Like that should be the loudest sound in the factory Mm. moving towards that as a direct goal while moving as awesomely fast as Tesla. So it feels like a really comfortable office like that you'd want to go to. There's couches. Well, no, I, I never had a chance to sit at Tesla. So maybe there's no couches, but making it fashionably elegant yeah. and healing and restorative. I mean, I truly felt like I'm going to go dig a foxhole today. Yeah. Every time I dressed up to go to Tesla, it's I'm going to war. It felt and like I war. loved it. And, and, but the war analogy, unfortunately was 
super close to my mind mm. and not far out. And coming back, I, I felt elated. Mm. I felt elated. And I was excited for whatever the next meal was, depending on time of day. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt elated, but I was also pretty spent. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't want to have like a long drawn out, meaningful conversation or argument about anything. Right. My brain was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <my> same. Body. <laughs> same. And, yeah. Like the, the Tesla factory, if at LVMH level is, I think what should scale out across yeah. the stars. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Cause it, what's, what's fascinating is that I didn't, I wouldn't even have thought of that until you mention it. And I'm like, you know what? That would be so nice. It's like, it's part of that sort of human, like what makes us human is beautiful art, like seeing beautiful things. It's like, why? It's almost like a first principles type of approach to like how to make a warehouse as, or a factory as attractive as possible. So your people want to be there, right? makes all the sense in the world. And I think I'd be interested to see if they, they follow that approach with Austin and Berlin, you know, it certainly looks like it's way better on that front. Yeah. It, it looks like it's really leveled up. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, I think there's still a lot of places people, you, me, other people could, could improve it, Yeah, but it looks like it's a massive leap forward. Yeah. Step in the right direction for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, Awesome. Let me ask you a few fun questions here uh, as we approach the end, uh, only because I think it's, uh, it's going to be a little fun. Um, maybe a little bit philosophical in a sense as well, only because I, I just love learning a little bit more about people and, and, and how they think about things. But um, what? Okay, I'll start, I'll start with the first one here. Um, this one is so stupid. How do you like your eggs? Before we go into these most important questions, yes, I, I have a very bad idea. Okay, let's Which hear is, it. should we pour drinks and have this question? Ooh, do you want to? I'll do it. Yeah, I'll have some whiskey. Yeah. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. Can you hear me? I can, Farzad. Well done, sir. Well Thank done. Thank you. You as well. Rowan's Creek. Ooh, wow. if you, are you a fan of whiskey? I am, but I haven't had Rowan's Creek. Yes. It, it looks small batch it looks interesting yeah it was it was recommended to me by uh, somebody at the liquor store um and yeah they seem to really uh they're very high on it so i went with it um i got uh Hawaiian, uh a hawaiian rum okay that, um i i tried to buy local so it's made right here on the island okay i wasn't sure what you're going to come back with i also brought a gold coast ipa oh i love ipas seven percent and Ooh. that'll I'll be <laughs> acting pretty silly by the end but if you're gonna do um whiskey i'll start with the mahina all right let's I'm do it yeah a little crystal glass from japan here with some ice nice i got a nice basic uh i think restoration hardware my wife's a huge fan of that place we got a little for you yeah as far as that let's figure out if we can be good friends all right yeah let's do it man this was so much fun by the way like thank you so much for you you seem like such an honest open person i feel i find it very easy to have a conversation with you well yeah. l l let me you're you're super kind and and let me just level with you yeah when i saw your i think it was your first youtube but maybe not i've seen two so I haven't mm -hmm. seen all, mm -hmm. but when I, the first one I saw, I think it was your first, it was therapy for me wow. because since leaving Tesla, sometimes 
I would absolutely wonder, was it real? Mm. Did I really, was it that fast? Mm. Did that, did that really happen? Mm. And I felt validated. Like it was so healing for mm. me on a mental level. It, it was massive. And I think I'm not the only one. Yeah. You being brave enough to be honest and say, here's what I've experienced. And it is really positive. So it is a lot of positives. But to me, it seems balanced because it is that awesome of an experience. And then also that you were spending a lot of your time in a completely different facility. I didn't go to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And it was also so inspiring to me that the culture reached out. I instantly wished that I could get to know you. So, so yeah. thank you for continuing to make awesome productions on YouTube. Both the ones I've seen were phenomenal. And then even inviting me to be on one. Of so course. cheers. Here's to you. Oh my Carzano. God. Cheers. So kind. Wow. That's awesome. That was so sweet, man. I Honestly. Grade school in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. What's that? I went to grade school in Lancaster. Really? Wow. Pennsylvania Dutch. So, so not right where you are, but yeah, kind of close. So far away. Yeah. It's, it's like Lancaster actually looks really cool. Like they have a lot of restaurants, like niche restaurants now. It's actually, it's like a very like niche, like little, little, little place. It's awesome. Wow. Honestly, I was going to say like that, honestly, the, I was thinking about making, making this YouTube channel because that experience was so was so unique but to be completely honest you were one of the primary reasons why i did it in the first place because i saw you i saw you talk about it and like okay so he has the balls to come out and talk about it honestly joe like i'm not even kidding like i you inspired me in in in, in, a, in a big sense to really tell my own story and almost like reinforce like back you up you know, because I'm like, I don't want Joe to be the only one out there saying this because I, I know other people are going to be like, oh, my God, you know, not, I don't really care what other people think per se. But it's like, I think it's important to reinforce that story because it is so unique and so important to the mission, you know, and and it's also a unique perspective that that others in the Tesla community, which has by far the most passionate fans of anything I've ever seen. Um it's a tribute for them because it's because I, I, I almost seem I see myself as a fan and I was able to be there for four years. And I'm like, yo, look at what I learned. Check out what I learned. You know, I'm like so excited to share it. But your your you coming out and really speaking so openly about it was a huge inspiration for me to do this channel. So I, I got to thank you. I have to thank you more than anything, man. Seriously. Thank you. Well, well then then here's to the Internet introducing yeah. us to each other. For real. Cheers. To the hive mind. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you going forward. Yeah. Like I, I journal every day and I journaled every day I was at Tesla. Yeah. And I'm going through all those now and all the photos and videos I took, which I took huge amounts, but I, I'm not, I actually don't know if anyone in Tesla would care, but I'm not releasing any of those. I only release pictures that have been released through official mm -hmm. Tesla channels or otherwise in the public domain. Mm -hmm. So anyone in, in Tesla IP or legal, yeah. since you're hearing for Farzad, if, if you reply, Joe, it's okay. Your pictures are a year old now. Please let me. I mean, they would really help explain some things faster. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm still just trying to process and learning so much looking back. Yeah. What I'd like to do is reach out to you again, Farzad, because my dream is to have a million or more companies, ideally 
10 billion yeah. for everyone alive. So, you know, give it a few more years, we'll have 10 billion people. Yeah. Um, companies that are as fast or even more awesome, that'd be hard to do, but maybe than the Musk companies. So I'd like to send you drafts, if you don't mind, publicly, sure. if you don't mind, maybe I'll tweet them to you so other people can comment and say, here's what I think I understand. Like if, if I was going to go off to space tomorrow and I'm on my way to Alpha Centauri to start the stuff there and I'm just going to be out of touch. And like my kids, like here is the best I learned so far. Yeah. Use this, you know, like that. That's what I, I want to try to make from these experiences. Yeah. Would you mind if I sent them to, do they pass or not pass the Farzad test? which do they actually match with your experiences? Right. I would love that. I would be, I would be so, I, I'm more than happy to help you with that. Public, private, whatever you think is the best way to do it. Public probably, you know, crowdsource this thing a little bit. Um, yeah. I would love to be part of that. Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. Yeah. It'd be my pleasure. That's awesome, man. You're so cool. <laughs> You're so cool. Anyway, let me get, let me get to the question. I know, Cause I know you have a, a time cap here coming up. So I, I definitely want to get uh, these questions out to you. Um, and again, these are like simple, nothing, nothing too crazy, but some of them have a little bit deeper meaning. I'm curious to hear your, uh, your response. But uh, the first one is, uh, how do you like your eggs? Do you want like funny or like actual honest answers? Whichever, whichever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I always poach or boil eggs, always, because okay. then there's no extra oil in them. They don't stick to the pan. It's maximum calorie extraction with no extra junk that I didn't plan. Nice. Nice. Good answer. Good answer. Um, tea or coffee? I don't mean to date this video, but it is January 2nd. Mm -hmm. I love coffee. So many kinds. I'm, I'm like a real coffee. I don't want to say aficionado because that implies I know something, but mm -hmm. like, I really care mm -hmm. about it mm -hmm. and it definitely coffee, but I've tried to not have it for the last two days. And mm -hmm. so I don't know right now it's trying to, trying to not, but, but the answer would normally be for taste reasons, I just love coffee. Yeah. Have you tried? So I, I, I remember when I gave up coffee. So I had to give up coffee because I became very, very sensitive to caffeine and it would literally give me anxiety attacks. Like I would, yeah. I would, I would be in really rough shape. Um, and it was really hard for me to transition out of it, but I almost did it out of desperation because the anxiety was getting to a point where it's like, it was, it was literally interfering with my life. But I've learned that going to decaf, like it helped me a lot because I love that taste. I love that taste of coffee. It might be worth giving a you know giving that a shot and seeing if you know because it might because it helped me uh, curb the fix immediately. I was like I'll I'll stay with a headache. I don't care. It's going to last a few weeks, I'll, but I still have the taste. It's almost like you know like a hack. I uh, might be worth a shot. Thanks yeah. for the tip. The yeah. the current bottleneck for me is I I recently remarried okay. and I've got this um, congratulations phenomenal. Thank you, thank yeah. you so much, and congratulations yeah. to you too. Thank you. And I've got this wonderful wife and our morning rituals we have coffee together and like a little something awesome mm. like a, a tiny little cake in, in when we were in japan it's easy to get tiny little awesome things mm -hmm. it's a little harder in the u.s but sometimes or like a chocolate covered macadamia nut with a cup of coffee and it comes as a set and usually on like a silver platter like mm -hmm. we, we it's gorgeous mm. and that's this wonderful us time and it's amazing how timeless that feels and yet we're on time for work like mm. 
I learned a lot from her about how to have this timeless sense of enjoyment while getting a ton of stuff done. Wow. Um, like the morning ritual includes cleaning the entire house every morning. And because it's every morning, it's like eight minutes. Mm. And every morning starts with running the laundry. So no matter what, like I never like, where's my ex? Like everything's clean every day. Mm. So just everything goes in the laundry. The button gets pressed as I take the trash out every day when I leave in the morning. Wow. But there's this timeless coffee time. And the whole morning ritual is like an hour and 45 minutes, everything from waking up to leaving. Mm -hmm. And everything's done. It's mm -hmm. awesome. But the coffee is, we'd have to replace that together it'd have to be a an us decision and i haven't figured out how to crack that yet i see and it may be decaf maybe yeah. I, I don't know okay okay yeah yeah so it's, it's not up to just me sure sure yeah yeah i get that that's beautiful though. that's that's so great that you guys share that 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 thing in common and i think that's very important for relationship building is like so my wife and I have very similar sort of like routines that we just start, we've just really got into board games lately. And we have a, we started playing this two player board game called a seven wonders duel. And it's like, it's freaking obsessed. I am obsessed. And that's like a new thing we're sharing. And I was like, Hey, you want to play seven wonders? Yeah, let's go play. You know? And she plays video games. I play video games. So it's like one of those things that it, it really keeps the, it, it's the glue. It's the glue to an already amazing relationship. And then you add those layers of like uh, interests on top of it or routines that you do together. It's like, it's so rewarding. It's so beautiful. You know, it's feels so damn lucky. It's like crazy. Absolutely crazy. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. I honestly, I'm the luckiest person in the world. I, I feel that way to be completely I, like across many different uh, domains. Um, do you think that we have free will or is everything predetermined for us? I, I cracked up. I actually lulled um, Elon's answer. He was saying my, my brain says we, it's predetermined. My heart says we have free will. Mm -hmm. I, I super lulled. Um, <laughs> I, I actually think it, it I, I don't claim to have the decision. This isn't a topic. I meditated eight years on a cave in and came back and said, this is the answer. Yeah. Now there are some topics I have deeply meditated for many years. And I can say I have, a very detailed, nuanced, developed opinion. And I think this is the answer yeah. from everything that I've observed. This I don't, but my casual belief is as ah, totally free will. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you too. I mean, honestly, like the way, the way I think about it too, is like, I can't, and I, and I like, like you, I barely spend any time thinking about it. Like it's, uh, it would be so sad if it's not free will. It would be so sad. I would cry. I would literally like go to like, you know, sleep every night and like cry myself to sleep because it's man, but I get the other side too. It's like, you know, it's, I don't want to get too deep because I'm going to start, I'm going to start giving myself a headache here. But anyway, it's one of, you know, it's one of those things that's just, it's completely crazy. Um, I love that answer. It's so super human. Yeah. Right. Well done. Yeah. Well done, sir. <laughs> the, um, so I, as, as somebody who comes from the agile world, right. And, and this is one thing that I, that I always pondered myself, but do you view standardization as a good thing? Is that a positive to standardize? It's, this I think is often misunderstood. And mm. this is a concept I'm super passionate about. If something can be standardized, that means it is automated. Mm. Humans are not for standardized work. That's not our skill set. That's not our highest use. That's not even respectful. Mm. Humans are for creative problem solving. And you can augment human creative problem solving with fast feedback. And that feedback can come from machine learning stacks. In fact, it often does 
uh, or even suggestions from generative learning, from robotic learning, exploratory software. Yep. But humans are currently still involved in useful creative problem solving. And standard operating procedures, repetitive action is awesome as long as you can change it super quickly when you figure out something better and you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. A robot or a script is doing it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense to me. That One of the things that when I was a Tesla, the way I view standardization is if you standardize something and it's not automated, you're just losing the ability to innovate. So you're just like kind of removing this variable that says, oh, well, we can't change this thing anymore. You know, it's like, okay, what the hell? So that's, it's like a very much more simplistic view, I think, but it's like, it's, I think uh, it carries some weight behind it because there is, there is, you have to innovate, especially if you're a company, you have to innovate. So don't just standardize for the sake of standardization. Like you said it brilliantly, automate. Like you, that's how you standardize through automation. So you get it out of the human's hands and put it somewhere that it's uh, optimized to be repeatable at the fastest speed possible with the most accuracy, right? Um, to somebody who has achieved a lot of things, are you able to relax? And how do you think about relaxing? The best I ever heard this said was Elon in an early, early, early interview. I think it was the first, well, not early, early, long time ago though. I think it was the first Joe Rogan interview. Mm. And Elon was saying, it might've been before that, that inside Elon's head, there's this never ending explosion of ideas. And that's about as far as Elon got. And I'd I'd like to add to that. And I suspect this is what Elon would have said if Elon had more time, because my life is exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. There's this never ending explosion of ideas. And I don't think I'm unique in this. Maybe it's not everyone, but I don't think it's unique. Well, there's the second part of that, this fear that it will stop. So there's an anxiety in that, that if you relax too much or sleep too long or or whatever that this explosion will pass Mm. your grasp you won't be riding that big bang anymore um and both of those things happen at the same time so i've got this it's it's actually in apple notes (laughs) this string of business ideas and they're wonderful and musk talks about how musk has the same thing and they just fly out that's not the problem it's execution so then the next step is what's the overlap of any of these and execution that i'm willing to do Mm. i mean you could execute almost anything if it was your one life's goal and you said i'm sorry honey you, you might not see me for the next 20 30 40 years because this is my thing yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things people could do. Not everything is worth that. Right. So you've got to decide is one of these that good? Or does one of these overlap the Venn diagram of what can be executed and still maintain the other parts of life that you serve, that you currently choose? Right. Yeah. 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 So you've got that. But then if you don't jump on one of those, at least every, I'll say two and a half years and throw yourself into it. The, the worry that I think a lot of people have, I I definitely do is that you will then lose this never ending explosion of ideas. Wow. So it's almost like a, 
damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of thing. You're, you're, yeah. Uh, no, no, okay. no, no, no. Okay. Uh, you have to do. There is a right answer. You have the to right do. answer is to execute, and then it's very pleasant once you do, uh, because gotcha. you're, you're following the the flow. And it's weird. Decisions almost make themselves when this happens. You, you are in a flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's i i don't think it's predestined you chose which one to jump in but then answers unfold to you i when i ran wikispeed and we set four world records it was extremely high effort it was effortless mm. and yeah it, actually that experience was as fast or faster than my time at tesla but i've never seen that in any other commercially operated company. Um, and I think that's part of why I enjoyed Tesla so much so deeply is because I'd had in some ways a very similar experience where everything was up to me. I was the owner. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. was involved in every system so I could recognize a lot quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. I think it's, you have this wonderful opportunity but you can't miss that boat. Got it. Or, or else you would be damned, maybe. Got it. Got it. Okay. 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 Thank you for clearing that up. Wow. Um, all right. And then uh, the last one for this amazing conversation that spanned, what, what time is it now? Almost basically two hours. Wow. We'll edit it down to just the good stuff. Jeez, It'll end up being like a, a three minute hit real. No, it's going to be two hours. <laughs> And I, I'm looking at my list and I'm like, shit, I didn't ask you like half of the questions I had on here. So uh, if you're up for it at some point, I would love a part two of this um, if, if, you're, if you're willing to come back and, and have another conversation. I'm totally down. Yeah. Are you okay if I bring a list of 20 questions and Please. fire them at you? Please. Yeah. That, we'll, we'll switch them. You freaking fire at me because I feel like I was like drilling you for stuff. Feel free to drill me for stuff too. Um, but lastly, to wrap this up, uh, what do you think is humanity's purpose? There's a super old statement that truth is beauty, find truth. And, and that resonates, but there's something else that is good that is often understood even by large groups of people and kids understand just action. Like if someone is punished for something they didn't do, children understand that. And in fact, they get really upset. Mm. So there's something about that, about, justice and right action um, that at the child mind level before school is immediately understandable. Like, why are the dolphins all sick? They didn't do anything. What's with the oil and detergent in the water? And like, that's not just, they don't use the word just yet, but like, like that. Mm -hmm. And I think we have an opportunity to try to figure out what is just right action within our means, within our current sphere of influence. And then we have two never ending opportunities, which is cool, They're, they never end. And one is to increase our sphere of influence and our capability. And the other one is to execute on right and just action within our sphere of influence and responsibility. And that's the game. And it's a super fun game. Then to make it way more simple and wrong, there's this, online fake role-playing game called Freebase, 
and it's on like squidink.com slash freebase or something like that. I mean, it, it was, I mean, this is old too. It's like text. Okay. You know? uh, like there's no pictures. And it, 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 it says this morning or tomorrow morning, you start playing freebase and you're like, okay, what, what I start, you just told me who, who are you internet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it says, what you need to do is burn down your house. Don't wake up anyone in the house. They're playing the game too. They already know. And you're like, what? And then it's like, pick your class. You're a thief, a fighter, or a cleric. And it tells you like what it is. And basically a thief is like, you're a thief. It's like, go break into houses and take their experience points, which Whoa. are often in the form of like green papers and you're like, what? And, and then, and, or their character sheet, sometimes called a driver's license. And you you like take them and then a fighter. And it's like, here's your like starting equipment list. It's like buy a used car Mm. and like a six foot length of heavy chain and you're you're a fighter. And then, and that cleric, you're basically a a drug dealer. And it's this parody. And then like they have this, this spell for the for the the cleric called uh flight and it's um the the ingredients are all like super powerful Mm. mind-altering drugs and the area effect is the entire sidewalk and and it's like uh reagents uh, a 20 story or higher building with an openable window and wow no okay but there's a very useful part of this very wrong and super funny mm-hmm. game, Freebase, and it's you can play life like an RPG. And I wouldn't recommend the class Thief, Fighter, or Cleric, mm. but you can play life like an RPG and say, what's the character I resonate with? Can I be that character? What are the attributes? What are the items what's the inventory that i need to build up to achieve the quest i'm interested in and people who are interested in playing that game with me are my company the company i keep yeah and people who aren't i guess they're playing another game and that's cool but you actually can super gamify your life Mm. and um use that to increase your area of influence and the ethical right action that you propagate And I think doing that without beauty is a missed opportunity, but only chasing beauty, we can see it. It's vapid. It's, there's not substance. It's unsatisfying. Mm. It's gross, Mm. but just right action in a beautiful way is what software developers can start to call elegance. I'm accomplishing the good thing elegantly it's easy to maintain it's easy to understand it scales it it teaches us something when we maintain it we learn like it, it's good mm. and wouldn't that be a cool way to live a life yeah oh my god beautifully said wow inspiring joe thank you so much thank you so much for this amazing conversation this two-hour extravaganza was just beautiful ideas and, and great conversation. Honestly, thank you so much. I had I had a complete blast, like we talked about before. I would love to have you on at, at some point to to keep you know talking through this. We'll we'll work on that open source um, uh, thing that you talked about before. That would be amazing. But I just really want to thank you for your time to being being so kind uh, with with uh, sharing this uh, time with me to ring in the brand new year, 2022. Happy new year. Uh, very, very, uh, I hope your family and yourself experience all the joy and prosperity and everything in the world. And 
Um, I wish you nothing but the best. And thank you so much for being such a great part of the Tesla community. You know, I, I think that you sort of pioneer this, this uh, let's bring people who have experienced it uh, from, in, from, from inside to come out and, and say what's going on. So I, I have you to thank for that and, and just keep doing your thing. You're, you're a great person and, I, and I'm very excited to continue seeing your journey. Farzad, you are from a perfect future. Oh sent God. back in time to fix what was wrong about the oh past. <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. See you again, I hope. Yes, absolutely. Thank absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody. Take it easy. Bye, Joe.